0: If something goes wrong with an account, because let's face it, there's always going to be issues. There's always going to be some kind of operational snafu that takes place. So if you have that relationship with the person, with the client, that situation is going to be handled so much better than if you were just transactional and just occasionally sending an email and never bothered to... You know, pick up the phone or actually have a live conversation about how things are progressing within the account. You can really diffuse a lot of negative things that could happen by just maintaining that relationship. This episode is brought to you by Leap Consulting Solutions.
1: Digitally transform your business the right way, the Leap way. Visit www. leapconsultingsolutions. com to find out more on how your business can build, change, and adopt technology the right way—the Leap way. What is happening, Rob?
2: Lauren, in 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 honor of all of our I, love uh, in Jersey, sorry. you're having a big well, hair day, girl. I'm not I'm, sorry. I'm
1: okay. It. I'm not sorry. I'm not sorry. I was Why just trying to be We're amongst all the people here that you know to walk like this.
2: Anna, do you, you hear this, guys? Our guest today is Anna Frazetto, CRO of Airswift. She is a uh, a frequent frequent um, participant in Lauren and I's conversations. I've been on the pod before. I I am living my Jersey, best life right and, now because uh, we, we can have coffee. We can
0: talk. It's gonna um, be so good. I mean, first of all, I'm from New York. And you oh, never guys. tell a New Yorker that they're from I... New Jersey right now.
2: Oh, sorry. But I
0: live in New Jersey. Of... Admitted I God, you were from the, Jersey. The cardinal sin. Where'd you grow up? <laughs> no, no, I grew up in, in New York City, Lower oh, East Side. I thought you Manhattan. grew up in Jersey. Yeah. Man, Manhattan. Manhattan, baby. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. All right. They are. Yeah, they, they are. Are the,
2: the accents are all the same. It's fine.
0: <laughs>
2: I'm sorry, Ann. That is, I know that is a sin having grown up where I do, but it's really funny when people are like, so people don't understand New Jersey that we get two medias. We get Philly in the South and New York from the, if you're in North Jersey. And so like, people are like, well, where are you from? I'm like, well, I got my media from New York and I could see the twin towers from my bedroom window. I'm pretty sure I grew up in New York, new, like ish New York city. So yeah. Anyway, well guys, we're here. Uh, Anna recently joined as uh, AirSwift in the last year, so not that recently, um, to be the CRO. Uh, So we wanted to get Anna on and kind of just go through on a macro level, right? What she's thinking, what AirSwift is thinking as it pertains to sales and um, how to get back to basics, how to get back to hunting. Uh, And so we're super excited because obviously that is one of the things that, as Lauren and I continue to talk to prospects, customers, and just general friends in the industry uh, that's important, uh, and so we wanted to get oh, an expert goodness, who's been. Oh my goodness! How long have you been doing sales admit. in the staffing uh, industry, Anna?
0: I, twenty-five plus years, pretty much.
2: So you've seen it all, right? So, is there is there is there panic in you, right, when things are up or down? You're like, no, we're still going to be. What, what you know, happens is I think you
0: just get creative and help. coming up with different solutions for a client, right? You know, sometimes it's a per market, sometimes it's a contract market. Sometimes it's you know consulting or S.O.W. So you just have to kind of ride the wave and figure out what's going to work best for your for your clients.
2: That makes sense. I I think maybe Lauren, right? Like you you bounce back and forth between. Well, you did a lot of yeah. staffing in in California, right? With your when you were in the actual industry, would you would you always be doing both, or were you? Because of where you were in like Central California, was it a lot of both? Like just, you
1: know, both. Staffing? I mean, you know, I, I sat right next to wineries, the Silicon Valley, you know, in one of the financial districts in San Francisco. So a lot of professional services, a lot of, you know, traditional staffing as well, because there's also a ton of agriculture, obviously, here. Um, but I I, I still think that um the basics I, I think we forget in our industry often that not much has changed it from a sales perspective. We know that activity equals results. It's not sexy. It's not sophisticated, but it works. And we oftentimes try and either easy button it, um, you know, or forget it. And I don't, I know we've ta- talked a little bit about this as we focus on sales, but, you know, since 2010-ish, we haven't had to do like really sophisticated sales cycles. You know, we've been really good order takers. And so as as we come into 2023 and things were more challenging, um, I'd love to get Anna's thoughts. I, I think that it's just a little bit of a different game now and uh, things are a little tougher. I don't think that they're uh, unmovable. I think that buyers are buying, but I think that they're being more discerning. And that means a more sophisticated sales cycle.
0: What do you think, Anna?
2: Yeah. So maybe Anna. Yeah, so what, you what know, like that's the, a great the, the point, Lauren. And I
0: think like the world of sales really has changed since um post-pandemic. So it's really funny because I almost find like, you know, pre-pandemic, everybody was kind of in a groove and you would ride the waves of, you know, the economy, elections, you know, political shift, whatever the case is, but you kind of ride the waves. The pandemic happened and then everybody kind of forgot, you know, how to sell, right? Because now you think about it, you shifted into only selling via telephone or video calls. You could meet your clients in person. So the relationships became more transactional. And I think it's created some bad habits when you come out of the pandemic where now you need to kind of go back to basics. Like one thing I'm a big fan of is having a sales methodology. So regardless of what your methodology is within your organization, if you do... Uh, force management, Miller Hyman, you know, whatever, if you blue sheet your accounts, whatever strategy you have, you need to really understand the buyers. So, to your point, Warren, it is a more sophisticated sales cycle, even for staffing. A lot of times people would think staffing is, you know, you could just show up and say, okay, how, how many pounds of dot net do you want? Yeah, sure. No problem. I'll deliver that. So it doesn't work that way. You need to understand you know, the projects, what's going on, and what what the company uh roadmap looks like. How do you kind of weave into that? So there's a lot that goes into it.
1: I completely agree. I, I you know, I think that um we we got a little lazy and, you know, not really understanding what our ICP was, right? Um and not understanding, not doing needs assessments, you know, that used to be uh, non-negotiable when you were, you know, putting together a prospect list. You know, at making sure that you had a needs assessment, making sure that you knew who your ideal customer was um, and staying focused, you know, stay, staying, I, I think what we miss in, in this industry is this idea that, you know, we, we think more is better and just throw people or money at the problem and, you know, go, 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 go. And it's a net new logo and and go, 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 go. And I think that, again, with the more sophisticated sales cycle comes a more targeted approach to how we go about putting our prospects and our funnels together.
0: Oh, yeah. And, you know, that's interesting to say that because I spend just as much time looking at existing accounts and maintaining those relationships as I do going after net new. The challenge I think with with going after net new is everybody wants new logos. Again, it's the quantity over quality, right? So we need to kind of focus on that a little bit. But when you look at your existing accounts, it's so important to uh, make sure that you're having, you maintain that relationship. You have some kind of client services system in place where you're not just talking to them when an engagement expires or when it's up for renewal. And when you lose to competition, you find out when was the last time you spoke to that account and you find out that you didn't speak to them for the last six months. Well, what do you think is going to happen? It's going to be a competitor who's coming in and actually nurturing the account versus you haven't been. So that is equally important, if not more important, important, because that's the relationships that you've established already that you should look at. How do you land and expand within those accounts even more? Yes. It, well, especially, yeah, especially right, right, now, right now. now. And I
1: think I've seen over the course of the the last two quarters, I've seen, you know, some of some of my clients struggle because they're really not adhering to kind of like the three by three by three, right? being three three relationships relationships deep relationships relationships deep three relationships wide it. on both sides right the customer really? needs to know they have multiple contacts in the event you have turnover you need to know you know I've seen a couple of my really large customers lose their large customers because it was dependent upon one relationship. And so therefore, if you're not spending the time that we're talking about to ensure quality, to go and nurture the relationship, to do expansion activities, you know, you do run the risk of losing those customers because I tell you what, our, our competitors haven't stopped calling them, right? I don't know why we think once we close the deal, the you know, the door shut down, the phone shut down and, you know, they don't receive any type of competitor email. What, what's in our minds? where
0: we think that's, you know, that happens. And you know, it's it's funny that you say that because I think your job actually gets even harder once you close the deal because now you need to maintain that relationship and make sure that everything you've been talking about, that you've been preaching that you're you're gonna deliver, you now have to deliver. So um, that's why I'm a big fan that delivery and sales need to be in lockstep with each other and not have disconnects. Well, Lauren, you hit on a point about the, you know, farming and, uh, hunting, you know, comments and, and that's some, I think farming is equally as important to hunting. So there should be layers within your organization that allows for both, but it's not all about the hunter, right? It's not both. Go ahead, Rob.
2: Yeah, I think, yeah, I, I, Yeah, I was just saying, I think, you know, I, I'm always thinking about automation in these cases, right? And whether it's, you know, you think about candidate nurturing. So you spend all this money to get them in the door to your, like to your ATS, right? You get, you spend a lot of money to attract them, whether it's Indeed or uh, going to events, going to conferences. And then you, part of that is like, hey, we want to build trust with you and our brand. And so we're going to start to talk to you more more frequently, whether that's an automated email with a newsletter style or just like single, you know, or a call, right? But that also is how you win business on the client side too, right? You start to, you know, deliver on that brand promise and be consistent and get in front of them. And then I I 100% agree. Once you actually win it, it is way harder to make sure you have the processes in place to Deliver that kind of automation, right? And and what I found doing a lot of automation consulting is like, it was so weird because no one wanted to send automated messages to their clients. And I'm like, you don't want to talk to them more often? Like, are you sure? And obviously, like, I'm going to do what they want, but I would always push back and say, like, I-, I think you should talk to them, whether it's even like once a month or, you know, just like, hey, here's what, you know, here's what the, the podcast has been up to, right? Uh, and I, I would get so much resistance because they were afraid of communicating with them. But we both, we all three of us just said, if you don't talk to your customers
0: but in six exactly. months, you know what, it's the, human, it's the human element, are. right? If something goes wrong with an account, because let's face it, there's always going to be issues. There's always going to be some kind of operational snafu that takes place. So if you have that relationship with the person, with the client, that situation is going to be handled so much better than if you were just transactional and just occasionally sending an email and never bothered to you know, pick up the phone or actually have a live conversation about how things are progressing within the account. You can really diffuse a lot of negative things that could happen by just maintaining that relationship. And again, right. automation well, doesn't yeah, mean it's not coming. Something from you. to be it's coming said from for your recency, email
2: address. Right? Like but there
1: there's also so I think that large, we right. have gotten a little lazy with like yeah. QBRs, EBRs, whatever, whatever you call them. But the quarterly business review, you know, that I, I see a lot a lot of agencies that sort of have put those by the wayside you know because post COVID. And I think now more than ever, again, you know, the QBR or even a monthly visit or that face to face you know. What ha- what's going right? What's going wrong? What's on- what's on your roadmap as an agency? Yeah, you know, I always tell the story of uh, I was on site when I was with Kelly Services. This is decades ago, right? I was on site, and there was this Adeco rep that the CHRO used to let in, and I would get enraged. I would walk red. I've, I've, heard, are in, right? I've heard this story before and this is so great I, it, it she's, blew my mind she's very right so finally i though. got the courage to go up to the chro and go like i'm here i'm doing all of these things you know and he said to me he was like well i mean a is doing some really great things and and you know he went through this list of things that they're doing and i was like i do those things by 9 a.m in the morning it's like and so i and he was like, well, I had no idea. You better believe Anna. I went on a full on newsletter, weekly email. I had a meeting where, I mean, it was a full on marketing assault. I wore little marketing badges assault. on my shirt about, you know, promos that were going on because I just, I, I, you, the, you're right, Anna, that it's harder once you close this because now you have to constantly prove your worth you know and uh, and that you're doing all of these things that the competitors come in and say they do that the client may not recognize that you've already made those changes or you've already done those additions, and as agencies, you know we we forget that qBR is like that's such a golden nugget reason to
0: get in front of a customer. oh, it is I think it's it's so critical it's it keeps you in touch with the account, you can reset. Certain expectations based on the QBR, but how many times have we been in meetings where a client says, "Oh, I didn't know you did that," and meanwhile you're like, "Oh my god, I told you to oh every Wait, meeting, of, right, almost but every that's why meeting." It's important. What what's the what's the old every um, meeting uh, expression yeah. that you have to tell you have to tell somebody seven times before it actually sticks or resonates? So think about it. yeah.
2: Well, yeah. That's the same thing with outreach, right? Like seven to 10 touches. Uh, and, and guys, maybe just, I want to go back to Lauren's story, right? Like if your customer knows what your competitor is doing more than you <laughs> was already in, like you need to get marketing. You need like, you that that position. Is a, yeah, please don't ever will be in tell that you, position where, you're, I will where your tell actual you, the customer sunshine
1: work, of the story is that, that he never quotes. let her back in. So.
2: <laughs> oh yeah. I remember that too. No, but I think that's just a good lesson. Like if you go to your customers and they can't tell you all of your wins each month or each quarter off the top of their head, right? Like we got to get, we got to get better at marketing to our customers. And again, that doesn't mean that it has to take a whole bunch of human hours. It could just be a simple, like, Hey, here's the, here's the, here's a report of what we did. Let me know if you want to talk about it. Uh, here's my calendar. Like let's schedule a call or I'm going to be in town X day this week or next week. Like I would love to sit down with you. Like. I think just sometimes showing them what you did is also super helpful and such a light and easy touch point if you can do it the right way. All right. All right. Anna, we're all, okay. Anna, Lauren, myself, we're all leaders in sales. Lauren is the leader in sales because she's the
0: one of the two employees
2: (laughs) at her business. So she is all things. So, I'm sorry. So she is omnipresent in her business right now. Um, I'm in a little smaller, but I'm not, I don't need to be omnipresent all the time. And Anna, you are in a very different size role, right? Where you have lots of, lots of different structures and hierarchy. Um, but something I think we're all experiencing is terrible. Oh, outrage.
0: it's so bad. Yeah. Oh my God. Don't, don't even get me started on this subject. There is nothing more frustrating that when you, uh, get on LinkedIn and you have a bunch of messages that come in from potential, you know, sales, they're prospecting and they have no idea what my organization does. Right. So it's just, it's like blanket, you know, spew, like show up and throw up what my company does. And hopefully something will stick. That is like the worst sales technique possible. Uh, you know, Be be thoughtful, be strategic. Don't go for the hundred email blasts. Go for the thousand email blasts. I remember being in an organization once where the salesperson was so proud to tell me about their uh, HubSpot email blasting campaigns that they would do. And it would be thousands of outreaches. And I'm thinking myself, oh my God, like, how can one message be thoughtful to reach out to thousands of people? That's not the right technique for you to win clients over. Be thoughtful, be strategic, go for quality versus quantity. i will get started my getting
1: spouse. a little I've started getting a little sour with some of the LinkedIn people. I'm not gonna lie. And I, I, I I and I have this response on copy paste. Have you read my profile?
0: Because
1: it's like small, well, I'm not a staffing agency. And y'all sending me RPO uh, services? Just get the get the flock out of here, man! I can't even. And uh, I mean, I and then the the recruiters who are like, we'd love to a- offer you this administrative assistant position. I'm like, well,
2: like I I, dang, I, I have my a seat I'm and then software. God, God, you,
1: software! You know how much I love you, but by God in heaven, do better. Stop. Insert name here. I mean, I have I've had the 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 AI the bot that's sending me. I've been called Beth. I've been called Lorna. I've been called every name but mine
0: because the bot gets it wrong. It's just it's absurdity. It it really is bad. It's gone and it's gone progressively worse. And and what concerns me is that if salespeople are trying to use like some AI tool, and then it's going to randomly generate all these outreach messages. You're right. The names are going to be wrong. It's just, it would mean, it's literally you open it. It's like delete, 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 delete. I, I don't want to have anything to do with even having a conversation with you at this point, because you know, nothing about
1: it. AI is, well, AI is so powerful I got in one good getting one. you better educated about the customer. My goodness, think about, I mean, I, we have 16 cards that we train on and how to use this, you know, AI responsibly, but think about, you could use it for customer sell sheets to sell to your candidates. You could use it to find your customer's competitors. You can use it to find more information or news on the customer, particularly if you're using BARD, right? Because it's current. Um, but I, I, I like BARD better than chat GPT, I'll just say. it. Um, but It's like, use your, your superpowers for good, not garbage.
2: I got one that referenced Rutgers and I was, and like, he went to Rutgers too. And I was like, oh, okay. Like I said, Hey, not interested in your services, but thank you for at least being like close. Uh, and I appreciate that email. Everything else has been everything we just described, like, like the RPO people love because I was in healthcare staffing. They love sending me like, Hey, do you want a list of all the physicians? I'm like, or I'm like. I don't want anything to do with any of those lists. So like every so often I get a list, like, you know, those are all via LinkedIn. I think the ones I get via email are more like salesy ones. Like, Hey, do you want help nurturing leads or getting more leads? And I'm like, these are cookie cutter, but at least they're not offensive because you're, you're just telling me about your services and I'm not interested.
1: I'm just going to say it. I get offended. Just read my, just do a little bit of homework. Yeah. And, you know, if you're just lazy enough to go hit the easy button, I don't want to do business with you anyways. Right. Because
0: if that's an indication of how you're going to provide yeah. service to me, then People. I already know. I don't want to I already know. With you. Exactly. You are not for me. Yeah. You are not for me. I
1: already know if you're hitting the easy button, I don't want to do business with you because I don't think my business is easy. I don't, <laughs> I don't, you know, that's how our customers are feeling. Wow. And so, you know, when we, when we put out those just generic you know emails and oh, it's it's just it's it's infuriating. I agree. Do I better. Yeah.
2: All right. all right. So we started. So maybe the last like quick hit on this one is we talked about AI a little bit. Uh, so we know uh, the episode before this, which hasn't been released, it'll be released tomorrow. Uh, this we're recording this on the fourteenth, which is a Monday, and Lauren's AI. We're actually discussing all of Lauren's courses. Tomorrow on August fifteenth, this will probably be released the following Tuesday. Uh, so, um, Anna, how are you guys thinking superpower. about using AI for for good as a superpower, as opposed to? Yeah,
0: I mean, I think Lauren actually Lauren highlighted some of the key items how you can use AI, and also uh, same sentiment. Lauren Bard versus GBT, as far as Bard being you know better. What? Oh, go ahead.
2: So I asked ChatGPT and Bard to write a new LinkedIn headline for me, and ChatGPT spit it out immediately. And Bard was like, "We don't know enough about that person." And I'm like, "Where are you guys pulling sources from?" So just, I think it's more like yeah, Bard. So I mean, it, it, I,
0: maybe I it depends on the situation. I, I we found that uh, information coming from Bard was a little bit more accurate, but anyway, not to debate, you know, between the two, where well, the two platforms. I think it's the same thing as when we look at, you know, uh, there's a lot of value in the tool, but there needs to be parameters around how you utilize the tool. And that's one of the concerns that I have is because if you think about it, you're putting information out there and uh, therefore it's public access and you have to be aware that, you know, your competitor could be asking for, hey, well, who's ABC's top? client list if you did some information sharing in the past where that information is readily you know available so there's got to be security and parameters around it it's very similar to you know when cloud computing first came out and everybody was super excited but then of course you know we have IT and security that comes in and says hang on a second this is the way we need to be able to utilize it so that would be my only word of caution is great tool, uh, definitely uh, helping to increase productivity on so many different levels, but it needs to be used in the right way. They flippin' men. (laughs) Yeah, I like it. Well, if you missed last week's
2: episode, you can check out Lauren's courses. One of them is specifically on how to use AI. Uh, But Anna, this is, responsibility as a superpower yeah, for with good. great power comes kind great like, responsibility uh, spider-man right? that's right <laughs> what do you do with i believe power? that my soul so anyway anna this this has been fantastic lauren i appreciate you and your
0: uh thank you superpowers for good so good to see your face to, uh, to
2: evil same here um we're
0: right that's virtual hug right. well, right, <laughs> right. virtual, virtual hugs that's right virtual
1: hugs bye guys Thank you for listening to the You On the Experience podcast.
2: You can catch all our previous episodes at yuepodcast.com and learn more about our thriving staffing community by signing up for the We Newsletter.
1: And coming soon is Staffing Huddle, an online open community dedicated to your staffing success. I'm Rob. And I'm Lauren. And Go I'm do something, something good. good. Bye, guys.